I had uh, I didn't have a very clear idea what I wanted to talk about tonight. I have little pieces, little odds and ends of things. So before I get into my little odds and ends, I'd like to ask first if any of you have uh, anything, any kind of question or any anything you'd like to talk about. Mm-hmm. I have a He's ready. <laughs> so when somebody works out physically, they recommend that occasionally they take a what they call a skip day to let their muscles feel it. Is there such a thing with meditation as well? <laughs> um, I probably they. It's I have heard Bhante Sujata say that sometimes he's he's recommended to people that they maybe back off a little bit. But just if they maybe they're a little bit too intense, maybe their nature is a little bit too intense, or they're pushing a little bit too much. Or and so I've I've heard him say, you know, just give it a rest, maybe don't meditate so much every day for a while. Um Ordinarily, we encourage a re- you know to develop a regular practice, so that would be every day. But what if, what do the two of you think? You probably had. So the question is: Do you think you like uh, the same way? If you exercise, you need to take a day off once in a while. Is meditation is that sometimes the same way? <laughs> Would you ever recommend to someone that maybe they skip a day or uh, in their meditation? So just keep doing it. Yeah. I think the, the times that I've heard Bonte talk about maybe someone should take a little break is if they're trying too hard, that they're sort of, uh, it's become a competition or it's become a little bit, maybe they just need to relax. And so maybe how they have to do it. So I don't think he was talking about don't meditate, but just in a certain situation.
different kind of muscles, right? So <laughs> That's a good question. Anybody else? Mary? Right. <clears throat> well, especially if it becomes kind of um, just a ritualized yeah. exercise, it's not you're not really trying to work with your mind. You're just putting in the the making it look right, but it's not as essentially there. Yeah. And maybe Westerners, or maybe Bhante Sujata has mentioned that because Westerners might try to, you know, they might be, we might be a little bit more eager to do that. That might be more the way we are. That's a good point, too. Anything that becomes dogma or ritualized too much, then it loses. It's, it loses. There's no quality of meditation in it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm sure that endorphins are released in our brains when we are relaxed and meditating. But I'm not, I haven't, I'm not, I don't remember a lot of the brain stuff. But I'm sure there's a there's a chemical thing that's really good that happens. <laughs> yeah, who's that? Sherry. Yeah, the Buddha's brain would be the one I'd recommend. Richard, what's his, Hansen? 
Yeah, there's a lot of good material about that. Uh, the Buddha's brain probably the, might have, be the clearest. Uh-huh. I think we will all experience dry periods, but nature teaches us, you know, early on in our practice, say in a fruit tree, the, the flower appears, which, which would be the change in our direction and such, where we feel such elation, but remembering that the flower must drop before the fruit appears, so that, you know, that, you know, that lightheartedness of meditation where you know you're not having to systematically train yourself uh, that's when the fruit will appear that's a nice image that the flower has to fall off before the fruit appears I like that yeah it's kind of exciting at first and sort of interesting and new and then it's easy to get it becomes like well what am I doing it just it's boring or it's not, nothing exciting's happening. That's a good image. Thank you. Any, anybody else have a question? Then I can talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> no, those are really good questions. That, uh, so, the, so the consensus should be we just keep meditating. And, it, and we all are going to be, we all are going to be there are going to be times when we get busy and we can't do it, and but it's good if we know that our habit, that the habit we're trying to develop is that regularity. And, yeah, the flower will drop off. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about a teacher who's coming. Um, to, is it in January, January the 9th, that Samahita Tara is coming? And it's just a little blip in our calendar, which, so it's on a Wednesday night. But um, that's a big deal, I think. I mean, that's a. Do you know him? Did you ever hear? He li- he lives in Sri Lanka. He's a Westerner. He's from Denmark. He's Danish. And um, he's he doesn't come here very often. I don't know. He, but he's he lives in a remote area. Uh, North of Kandy, in Sri Lanka, and but he does he has a YouTube. Uh, what do you call him? Pro what are YouTube? If you have a YouTube thing, is it a pro? He has a, a channel. Okay, that's the word that came to mind, but I thought that. Okay, he has a YouTube channel, and I've listened and watched him for years, and he's a he's a wonderful photographer, and his his things are primarily videos of him like walking through the jungle or walking around where he lives and then he finds he finds a spot and sits there um, they're brief but they're always an interesting teaching and uh, he's his name is Samahita and uh, Tara means he's like a senior monk he's he was a doctor in Denmark and then he uh, he discovered the, the teaching, the Buddhist teachings, and got really involved in those. So lately, he's been back in Denmark, and he's probably sixty in his sixties. Um, lately, he's been back in Denmark taking care of his aging father, but he's coming to North America, and he's going to do a ten-day retreat at Hartwood Retreat Center, which is in North Carolina. 
And the abbess there is uh, Ayapanyawati, who's been here before, like actually several times. And she and uh, a monk named Panyadipa have a have turned a, an old southern uh, resort into a retreat center, and they actually have resident residents living there, as well as people coming for retreats. But uh, uh, Bhante Samahita is coming and doing a 10-day retreat. And then, I guess while he's still in the country, we, we have him Wednesday night, January the 9th. And uh, he's at the Theosophical Society the next night, I think, around the same period. And the topic he has there is called Early Buddhist Teachings, Astrophysics, and something. You know, I saw the title and I thought, some people had put it up like, this looks interesting. And I thought, why does that sound so familiar? And then I looked and saw it was him. So he's going to be at the Theosophical Society. But he'll be here. And I really, I really encourage you. I've never met him in person. But for years, I've listened to him and uh, have watched his YouTube channel and He's, he's, he's always interesting, and he has a beautiful voice, perfect English, but he do, has done some translating, and he, he's, uh, he has a, a really uh, deep knowledge of the, the suttas and the Buddha's teachings, and, and his mind is very scientific, so he, he would be a great person to ask the question about, about the, uh, what kind of chemicals in the brain, and I mean, he's 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 a scientist by by trade, but uh, a, a very interesting person. And he's more and more people are. He's actually trying to where he is is pretty remote, but he's more and more doing retreats there and having people come for ten day retreats. So I would love to go to the one in North Carolina, but it's not a the time isn't right for me, but uh, I, I'm so happy we're having him here, so uh, be sure you come if that's your regular night, keep coming and I'm sure he'll, he'll it'll be a longer presentation than we usually have, but I think he'll be very interesting so I really want to pump, pump that, I just saw it on the calendar and I thought, who's this? Don't know that person, and then I realized who it was, so I'm very excited about it. Invite someone to come with you. Be a different. It'll be a different kind of teaching than we. Then you, it won't be like anything that anybody here does. <laughs> Which day of the week is it? It's on a Wednesday, okay. and he's. It's probably in since he's probably in the area, uh, and he may be in the country for a while. I don't know where else he's going. I haven't looked at his calendar. And then I'm assuming he'll go back either to Denmark or to Sri Lanka. So he's, I'm assuming he'll, he'll be kind of a character, but a very wise person too. So that's one thing I wanted to share. <clears throat> the other is, how many of you have been to our uh, New Year, we call it our New Year's chanting, blessing chanting. It's on, so not a whole lot of you. Well, that's coming up. And 
to, for me, that's one of the favorite, my favorite things that we do because it's very simple, but it's really powerful. And that's coming up on the 15th, which is a Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, but the next. And it goes from 4 to about 7. Um, part of that is the, or the refreshments and the just kind of socializing that we do downstairs after the program. That's our, our holiday event. So we don't, we aren't doing, we don't do Christmas, but we do the end of the year blessings. So we have, um, the monks will build a gazebo and they're, they're, they're incredible to just see, to experience the gazebo. And, uh, we invite, usually we have, oh, 12 to 15 monks. They all, they're always nice in the announcements and say, we invite monks and nuns, but I'm always the only nun. <laughs> Years ago, uh, Aya Sudarshana, uh, would come sometimes, but she, she's in Florida. She doesn't get out. She goes to back and forth to California and other places, but not much up in the Midwest. So, the monks come from all over, mostly from the Midwest and sometimes Canada, and uh, they chant. There's chanting for about an hour. The monastics sit inside the gazebo, and <clears throat> it's, there's always some really beautiful chanting and solo voices where one, one monk is like the solo and the other monastics come in at certain parts and are you going to be the solo person this year? Are you going to be? Oh, no. They're both good chanters. So, But it's really lovely. So what we do, uh, what you do when you're listening to it, is you can just sit and meditate to that. And just, uh, it's like an hour's meditation. And it is really wonderful to meditate to the chanting because you can really just... You can just kind of feel yourself let go into it. And um, we do that, and then people if people bring objects that they'd like to have blessed, sometimes there's a stuffed animal or a picture or a piece of jewelry or a watch, a mala bracelet. <clears throat> we, we collect those, and people put the, we put them in a big basket, and it's on a table inside the gazebo. So... The, the items are just blessed with that good energy that's coming from the chanting that's being done and the poly that's being, you know, the words and just the good, uh, I guess saying good juju is not, not that sort of mixing <laughs> voodoo with Buddhism is probably, <laughs> but it's just a good, uh, then those things, I think, if, I think that's just a wonderful thing to do with something. And then when you wear that item or, uh, if you if you have a little stuffed animal or a kid does, they can just look at that and think about, oh, that picked up all that good stuff from the chanting. So that's a really that's a that's a good reminder. And at the end of it, uh, people can get. We always we usually give the bracelets. People do the can do a blessing bracelet, and then we have. Uh, get together downstairs, and that's a good time to meet people that maybe you, you, a lot of people you don't know who come to the temple. It's a it's a really good time to just chat and uh, 
We And the important thing I wanted to mention, because we haven't done it recently, we have sign-up sheets again, which is what's always been our custom. Then we got away from those for a while, but the sign-up sheets are on that are down right below the bulletin board. And we have sign-up sheets for people to help set up and to help take down and people who want to uh, just maybe make coffee or, or help out with the things. Uh, it's, it's If a lot of people sign up, it's not a lot of work to do because it's mostly we have a sign-up sheet for people to bring cookies or finger foods, just little things to nibble. Uh, Crackers, cheese, veggie trays, and drinks, water. Uh, we always have coffee and tea. But it's a, it's a really nice early evening because we're finished with the, the chanting is over by, I'd say the whole program is over by 5.30 and the rest of the time is just enjoying each other's company. And uh, it, that might be the last time before New Year's that you're here at the temple. But it's, if, especially if you've never been, but if you, those of you who have been, do you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah Mary, we. Yeah, you... I just want to mention that you also have that, um, that beautiful ceremony of baby. Oh, the baby Buddha, yeah. And so you, you go up in tears and you pour water over a stone and statue and bowl, and if you're really letting go of the old tears while well, it's what you want to do. So it's, it's nice to stand in line and give out. It's, that's a nice little uh, ceremony, isn't it? And that's done in other uh, different ethnic temples, but we started doing it not too many years ago, but we've done it several now. And there's a beautiful, there's a small Buddha in a, in a like a, almost looks like a fountain, but there are a lot of rose petals. And the tradition is that you take a big scoop and everybody gets to pour water over the Buddha. And it's just a beautiful time to uh, set your intentions for the year. Or just like Mary said, just kind of wash away whatever you want to wash away and welcome in because the water is such a sign of purity and life. So uh, everybody who wants to do it, at the end, I think we do it at the end and then people just walk on out to, the, to go downstairs to the party is sort of a... It's not really a big fancy party, but it's a really fun time to be get together with each other, um, especially if everybody brings great things to snack on. Um, that's that ceremony at the end really is lovely. It, it's very touching to me, and so we've incorporated it in. And it's just a. It's not. It it is just a ceremony. You know, it's not. Uh, there's nothing like sacred to it, but it's very meaningful. So, yeah, thank you for remembering that. So it's just a, it's just, what do you think, Sherry? What's your feedback about it? Uh-huh. Yeah. It is sound healing. Yeah, it it the, there's a lot of sound, and that's it, the it's good, right? 
And we have, just our monks are really good chanters, and then the, the others who come, there are some pretty um, incredible voices in the whole group. <clears throat> so please try to see if your schedule allows you to come to that. And even if you have to come late or you, you, know, you can only stay for part of it, we usually have a pretty, pretty good-sized group. And uh, the Saturday earlier, right after the Saturday morning service, which we still have regular service, but uh, the, the setup crew takes about 10 minutes, right? Because there are a lot of people who will stay, and we just move the cushions back so we have mostly chairs. So we, we just want to have space here for the ba uh, bathing. The We don't have a baby Buddha, but we have a little Buddha. <laughs> We had a baby one year. Some some temples, I mean, they have the little the little Buddha. He's like brand new baby, but he wears a he wears uh, robes, <laughs> and he's and he's like John Travolta. You know, he's sort of doing. I always think of the he's just kind of a disco Buddha. So that's something that you would. I think you would love it, and uh, that's. It's a good way to begin the holiday and to end the year. Uh, what else? Those are that's pretty much. Those are the little snippets that I wanted to talk about. So, thank you. <laughs>